This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Football is our religion. The One Call Stadium is our church. Nigel Clough, the God we choose to believe in. And by name, I am your priest. Ladies and gentlemen, take your seats. This is the Sunday Sermon. Swindon Town were 1-0 winners over Mansfield Town in Skybet League 2 yesterday. The Stags' second successive defeat. But the Stags can count themselves a little unlucky. Tyree Sinclair's free kick. Did it or did it not go over the line? It's a cause for big debate. Also cause for debate is the fact that Mansfield Town desperately need another defender. Nigel Clough says that the Stags are trying to add two before the window slams shut on Tuesday. Can the Stags get the deals over the line? Or will it be a close affair to watch between now and at least the January transfer window? Mansfield Town really do need those new additions. This is the Sunday Sermon, the place for you to have your say on your team, reflect on yesterday's results and much, much more in between. So come along and get involved right now in the comments. Let us know your thoughts. Do Mansfield Town need one? Do they need two? Do they need three? Do they need 4,000 defenders? Do they need another striker? Are we short? Have we got enough? Was the ball over the line? And... Can the Stags turn things around? A little bit overdramatic, but after two successive defeats, you know what I mean. As they take on Harrogate, not once, but twice over the next seven days. This is the Sunday Sermon. Get involved and have your say on your team right now on the show for the fans, by the fans. Why? Because Mansfield matters.
It was an afternoon of split-second decisions which made the difference as the Stags were beaten by a goal to nil at Sewindon yesterday. But those split-second decisions, how they make a big, big difference indeed. This afternoon, we'll be talking all about those split-second decisions and much, much more in between. And as always, we want you guys to get involved in the live chat. So come and have your say on your team. Let us know your thoughts on yesterday's 1-0 slender defeat at Swindon. Joining me, as always, to chew the fat over yesterday's game and much more in between, we've got Clive Parkin and Nathan Edge. Good afternoon to you both. How are you? Well, are you uh, recovered from yesterday yet? Evening, gentlemen. Um, I've decided I'm not going to Swindon. I said this last time. I'm never going again, ever. Uh, good evening, chaps. It was a bit disappointing, but there were some good things there as well. There were. Uh, I'm surprised you didn't answer that with Stephen Quinn, though, Clive, because uh, you were telling me you were telling me and Nathan before we started uh, tonight that there's one player in the squad in particular that you're having trouble, whose name you're having trouble remembering. It's Stephen Quinn. You've got a little sticky note, have you not, to uh, to remind you of his name? Let's have a little yes. look at the sticky note if we can. Well, I'm not it. showing you the sticky note because it's embarrassing, but I've written it on my pad as well. He's written it on his pad. There, yes, Stephen. Sure, his problem been with with Elliot Hewitt so far. <laughs> so, to throw another name in the mix, like, uh, yeah. Your memory is worse than I am. It was Jamie Hewitt. Jamie oh, yeah, sorry, Hewitt, there, yeah. Yeah, Nathan was just doing the proper thing and doing proper names. Uh, as always, Listen, you, know, you two, you'll be old one day. <laughs> one day, one day. There's a while, um, yeah, definitely. Um, as always, we want you guys to get involved in the live feed. Come and have your say on your team. Let us know your thoughts on yesterday's uh, results. Nobody, um, for the first time this season in the podcast predictions game this week, uh, scored a single point. Um, so that's an interesting one. Uh, we'll talk lots, lots more this afternoon. Um, we'll have a little preview to the cup game on Tuesday as well. Round up um, this month uh, to a little bit. Um, but today we want to focus on a few things, and that mainly is split second decisions. Um, the goal being offside, uh, the goal not being given, um, their goal not closing things down. Um, you know. The link-up play between the strikers, uh, Ollie Hawkins, Danny Johnson, George Lapsley not sort of being in sync. Uh, also as well, the reactive substitutions, that sort of thing. Tyree Sinclair's long throw. There's a lot to talk about today, so make sure um, you get involved. Uh, Clive, I'm going to start with you yesterday. Um, a disappointing um, result um, to take. Uh, 1-0 defeat. Uh, obviously, but the Stags, again, perhaps should have uh, come home with a little bit more than uh, absolutely nothing. You know, when you talk about losing 1-0, the obvious thing is to score goals, isn't it? And and that's where we let ourselves down yesterday. It wasn't conceding a goal. We're going to concede goals. And we know we've got weaknesses at the back that need to be sorted out in the fullness of time. Um, but, you know, every good team is going to deserve a goal against us. They weren't a bad side, actually. Where we let ourselves down is we didn't get to at the other end, and that's as simple as it was. <clears throat> yeah, that's a, a big problem which we're facing, uh, which we faced yesterday. Um, but it's also a concern, Nathan Edge, that in order for us to, you know, to go and progress uh, and for us to get, you know, to win, try and win games, that we've got to go out and try and score two or three goals because we know we're, you know, we're cannon fodder for a mistake at the other end. Yeah, that's a disappointing thing. I mean, you know, Clive said they, they, um, you know, they're. They weren't a, a bad side. I don't think there was a great side either. So a bit frustrating that we at least didn't come away with a point. But the bottom line is, if you can't keep the ball out your your own net, it's going to be harder to win games. You know, remember when Clough came in last season 
Um, there was a big deal about at that point about keeping the ball out of your net and then building from there. Well, um, we kind of need to get back to that a little bit. Let's try and make sure we keep that ball out of our net. And we did that a little bit better. I know we didn't keep clean sheets against the likes of Newport and Bristol Rovers. I mean, Bristol Rovers was a, a wonder strike, so fair play to that. But um, you know, those games we defended better. Uh, but probably one isn't as, as as nice on the eye going forward. But then you flip side, we've probably played pretty, we've probably played much prettier football and played better going forward against the likes of Bradford, Colchester, and Swindon, and we've come away with one point of those games. So we've got to find the balance. But I think that's got to also come with finding the right personnel to fit that uh, to to fix that problem. Finding the right personnel is um, a critical thing, and one thing we are looking for, Clive, is. At least one defender. Nigel Clough, though, hinted that there may be two. Yeah, I think it's a bit of wishful thinking there. He also said there are not many out there, so to get two would be marvellous. Get one would be enough. Um, get none would be a real disappointment. Yeah, a real disappointment indeed. Go on, Nate. a disappointment. It'll be a problem. <laughs> because yeah, you, you look at it as yeah. it is at the minute, you know, I, I mean, hopefully Perch isn't going to be out for long. Obviously, it looks like he might have a bit of concussion or uh, someone along those lines from, from, from training. So they've done the right thing and followed the right protocol with a, with a head injury. So, you know, but even without the missing Perch, you said, you say we need a defender, but then you lose one. And that's only one. And I think there's going to be points in the season where we're going to be losing more than one at, at one time, whether through suspensions and injuries. Um, so it, it's always, it's been a concern for a few weeks. Take Perch out of the situation, it's even more of a concern. Um, so no, it's, I, I, I can see why he's looking for two and I, I, I think one of them might have to be a right-sided player as well. Yeah, and I think, you know, this is an interesting point as well because I was going to save this little mini rant for, for later on, but we might as well talk about it now. Um, and it's it, it's Corey O'Keefe. And I think, you know, we know how much of a good player he is. Um, he, he showed his promise early doors last season, but for whatever reason, since Nigel Clough come, came in, hasn't really fancied him, whether it's because, you know, he was preferred more as a wing-back rather than a, an out-and-out right-back or... Or, or whatever, I don't know what it is. But you look at um, his performances for Rochdale. He was in the team of the week last weekend. Um, he was in, uh, I saw some sort of stats on Twitter, some sort of like the top top 10, top five for interceptions made and tackles put in down that right-hand side. It's clear we've got an issue down that right-hand side, Clive, because of the manner in which we've conceded goals. Um, again, uh, would would O'Keefe have solved the problem or is is, is it a, another reason which we perhaps don't understand? Do we need a bit more clarity on that situation? Because I can't at the minute get my head around why he's not in our setup, why he's being loaned to another League Two club. I think it all comes down to whether the management team fancy the player or not. And, and clearly the, they didn't value him enough to, to hang on to him. Um, they have to keep changing players around and trimming squads. We know that. And it's always a selectivity question. Um, and if they prefer someone else to a player, they're going to let the other player go. But we are we are thin on the ground in certain key areas. I, I mean, I don't like to lay too much blame to Hewitt for the goal on uh, on Saturday because uh, actually I, I put more at the feet of Clark. He, he's there to cover the guy, and uh, I don't think he did his job as well as he could, and, and on other occasions has done. So, but you're and we're we're singing this song every week. We definitely need more strength in the middle of the back. Um, you know, and, and we are, when they're all there and they're all playing well, we're okay. But of course, it won't be like that every game. We're going to have 
injuries. We're going to have suspensions. We're going to have players lose form. We're going to have players who do something bloody daft on the day. And and that's we've had all of those this season in four games. Oh, sorry, we haven't had a suspension yet. No, not, yeah. not quite, not quite. I think um, one interesting thing for, for me is, you know, you speak about Ollie Clark there and uh, he's not been highlighted as much as perhaps he should have been because I, I completely agree. I think he needs to sort of um, take a little bit of ownership on that situation as well. I think yesterday in particular, um, the goal which we conceded um, all sort of came from him. If he's playing in that midfield on, on, on the diamond of the right-hand side, he has to press more. He has to have a little bit more presence in that midfield. He's the captain, Nate. He's got to lead. Yeah, I mean, one of the reasons why, and, and this was probably one of our main concerns when the season started, is, is the left side with uh, McLaughlin. But the reason why that's working so well is because Quinn and McLaughlin are you know, working together super, superbly well. And unfortunately, we're not getting that on the right-hand side, whether it's Hewitt out there, Gordon out there, uh, so you do you you have got to ask the question is is it more down to not not necessarily more down to the midfield but is that a contributing factor to why it's not working so um, I think that 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 does need probably scrutinised a little bit more you know I don't think Hewitt you know did cover himself in glory at all against Bradford but and but like like Clive said I don't think it solely lies at him I think there's more to it than than just him so. Whether that's Ali Clark having to take more responsibility and make sure he's doing more of that defensive work and working in tandem with the right back, or you know, or, or whether someone else needs to maybe go out to that side, whether Harry Charlesley can can go there and see if that works. Because it did work a little bit last season with him there, so um, you know, I think that maybe does need scrutinising a bit more. I think one thing for me, which uh, was highlighted, I watched this back. This morning, I had a little look at the at the goal. We've got to be more clever. We've got to be more streetwise. And this is where getting that next, that new central defender or that new defender, whether it's a right back or a centre half, can really help. Because oh, fair enough, Ollie Clark doesn't go and press the ball. He doesn't try and prevent them from getting out of their own half and playing out of their own half. That's by the by. But then we've got another couple of opportunities to try and stop it. First of all, George Maris, who does well in the tackle to try and win the ball back. He's having a bit of a tussle and, you know, it's it's 50-50. The ball's not really going anywhere and he's dealing with the situation well enough. But then this is the issue and I don't think, I, I fear that there might be a little bit of backlash from Clive here because I'm going to say the name Farron Rawson. And this is not a dig at him. This is just purely based on the footage I watched back yesterday and have analysed since. He has the opportunity, he's there and he's, as he's on the halfway line, he steps up to join Maris in the tackle. So all of a sudden you've got two Stags players who've sandwiched to try and win this ball. But as Rawson steps up, the Swindon player, who's got goal side of Maris, is able to then knock the ball into a bit of space and skip beyond two challenges. But whilst Rawson's also stepped up, he's got a man next to him who's then been able to peel off and create a bit of space. One quick pass, that player is in a lot of space. He then gets the critical cross in, from which they score the goal. For me, Rawson doesn't need to step up there. He can just stay with his man and let George Maris deal with with his man. He doesn't need to step up and cause us a problem because Kel Gordon's already gone wondering. We'll leave him out of this for now. So he's just created a much, much bigger gap to be exploited. And we've got to be a little bit more streetwise in that position for me to try and you know be a little bit more effective and, and do 
um, uh, you know, to, to not be conceding so many sloppy goals. I'm sure that you might have a, a comment back at me for highlighting Rawson again. It does seem like I try and highlight Rawson every week, but that's not the case. I'm just going on the footage, which I watched yesterday. Craig, I'm not married to Rawson. No. <laughs> I don't worship the lad. I just think he's had some stick he didn't deserve over the, the games he's played for us. I'd be the, one of the first to criticise his performance uh, uh, this season because he isn't as good as I'd like to think he is. Um, I think he's very, very competent with the obvious stuff, with the balls being sent forward to him and he's, he's got presence, he's got height. He, he gets his head on to more, more balls than, than anyone else in that situation in the team. But I don't think he's got that vision. I don't think he's got that alertness that is required sometimes. Yeah, that's, that's, what why, he, that's why you need a really strong bloke next to him. And ideally, in my world, that strong bloke would also be the captain. But that's, yeah. a, different, that's a different subject, I think. Because you need to boss your team from behind. And I think that... Ollie Clark, I'm, I don't, I can't, I'm, I'm not qualified to say how good a captain he is, but he doesn't seem to, he doesn't seem to have a huge presence. <clears throat> and no. I think you know, if we go back to the days of of, of uh, our l- last big central defensive uh, um, captain, he he had a presence on the field. He also had a presence in the change room, and it cost him his job. But we um, we, we need someone like that, and I think uh, that's that's hopefully what's in in Clough and Co's mind as well. I also think we need to be careful not to be overcritical of the defence mm. because the defence is the last resort. Somewhere in the middle is all the work that should take place to stop a lot of these things happening. We've, men- we've mentioned uh, we've mentioned Ali Clark, uh, and obviously we know we've got a couple of injuries there. Um, and Maris worked his socks off again yesterday. My criticism of yesterday's midfielders was the forward midfielder of Lapsley. He's not hit form yet this season compared to what he did last year. And yesterday he chose, I'm sure not deliberately, the day to have his worst performance. He looked a yard off the ball. He looked to run out of steam in the second half. In fact, I think he needs to change his brand of cigarettes. Um, but and, and I think putting that person in between this so-called diamond and our strike force was half the problem. On his think, day, he scores goals and, and makes goals. He did neither of those, and he hasn't done anything like that really this season, has he? No, he hasn't, and I completely agree with with that. And I think this, that's where this comment uh, from Richard comes in. Um, he says, "I think we need to go back to a four three three formations. It worked better. It works better for the players we have." And I, I completely agree with that statement because, like like you've just said, Clive, about George Lapsley, I agree. He had a very poor game yesterday. Arguably for me, easily actually for me, his worst in a Mansfield shirt. Every player has an off day, but for whatever reason, it just wasn't coming off. And that was his chance because he's not started much this season because Reese Oates has been preferred to him but he got given his opportunity yesterday and just didn't take it and everybody in the away end um, could see um, that he was knackered he was running um, out of steam very very quickly and Harry Charlesley there he's, he's running down the touchline doing his warm up and everybody is sort of screaming for Clough to Clough to, to get Lapsley off and to, to bring Harry Charlesley on and give us a bit of pace and bit of energy in the midfield and I just think that for whatever reason with this new with this new strike force, George Lapsley isn't working at the top of the diamond. And I think also because of the diamond, we're not getting as much out of Ollie Clark and perhaps Stephen Quinn as we would. Quinn, you know, he's, he's fine because he links up well with Steve McLaughlin down that left-hand side and, and, and does a very steady job. But Clark is being forced to the right-hand side of that that diamond and leaving too many holes and, and too many exposures. Hence why we've had, you know, the goals conceded against us as we had. But... 
you look at the way we started yesterday. We started in a 4-3-3, bossed the game for a good 15-20 minutes, dropped back into the diamond, wasn't in the game, and then we finished the game with a 4-3-3 and, um, and look a lot lot stronger for it. I completely agree with, with what Richard says, Nathan, in that we need to go back to it because, like we've said for weeks, you look at the firepower we've got and the talent we've got outside of the starting eleven. A 4-3-3 would complement that very well and really, really give opposition defenders something to think about and some work to do. Yeah, I mean, we, we did start saying this, didn't we? Was it last week or maybe even the week before? We, we started sort of hinting at the 4-3-3 maybe needs to come back into play a little bit and uh, and start using it like we did a little bit last season. Um, and then the more and sort of we keep highlighting these issues that we're getting in midfield and, and, and so on, um, that, that call for the 4-3-3 is getting stronger, isn't it? So... Uh, and especially when you're missing key players in, in those key positions to make that diamond work, it then, again, strengthens that argument. So, you know, I agree. I think Lapsley did have his have his worst game, unfortunately. I think Clough maybe stuck with him in the, in the hope that his just ability to maybe, if it dropped to him in the box, he'd put it away because obviously the strikers weren't doing that. So maybe I had that hope. But I think I just think he's unfit at the minute. And that's why when you when you if you're so unfit and so off the pace um you know unfortunately your ability is going to drop as well so i think he's just got some work to do he's got some catching up to do to get get back to his full fitness and maybe get back to the george george laps that we know he can be um and you know we're going to maybe have to see a bit more of resource and maybe let's get charlesley back involved let's see um you know clifton say he's been unlucky to be missing out in the match day squad well at the moment same with i'm going to say jordan barry as well at the mm. moment some of those players aren't quite doing it. They've been given the opportunity. And yes, we're only four games in, so it's not a crisis at the minute. But if I was one of those other players, you know, who haven't quite made the, the bench or aren't quite getting on, getting the minutes, I'd be saying, well, hold on a minute. You know, they're not quite doing it. They're not in the form. Give me a chance. Let me go on there and let me try and prove to you that I should be on that starting lineup. So I'd say that that, that goes for Sinclair, Bowery, Charlesley, um, you know, and, and, and James Clark, even, even so, even him. So, you know, I... This is kind of why I'm looking forward to Tuesday night a little bit, actually. And I think it's a good time for that fixture to come along. Yeah, can't wait for it. Um, I'll look forward to my usual seasonally rant about that at the end of the show. Uh, Roy says, uh, after watching the highlights yesterday, we did have the better chances. Now, keeper has been lucky not to get a clean sheet. On paper, it looked like a hard start. So I'm not that worried. I'm more worried about the temptation of the Forest job if Hewton gets the sack uh, from there. Obviously, Drew uh, won all with, uh, with Derby. Uh, the other day. Um, There's nothing to be worried about in terms of Clough um, doing his Steve Evans on his Clive at all. I think um, the other point, though, to that comment um, about it being a tough start, you know, you look at that start on paper and it really was a a tough start. You know, every team we've played so far, you would expect to be there or thereabouts at the end of the campaign. So like we've been saying, I think, you know, we've got a 50% record, two wins, two defeats. That's not bad at all, especially considering... What happened this time last season? Yeah, I can spend a long, as much time as you like comparing to last season. It doesn't actually take us anywhere. But but uh, the comment was right. We, we On paper, we had a very stiff August. And to come out of it with any credit is, is quite important. And it's been a should-have month. We should have taken a point off of Bradford. We should have taken three points at Colchester. We should have taken something yesterday. And, and it's just nudging those should-haves should off of the agenda, really. And it's only one good shot or one decent interception that makes the difference. 
And I can understand Clough's frustration. Where I don't actually support Clough's view is that he seems to, th I seem to think that Mr Clough would like us to win every game 1-0. Um, and whilst I'll accept that, if he can make it happen, the better way for me will be to get two or three at the other end and take all the pressure off the, off the back end. Can I just quickly go back onto the diamond? I'm not a big fan of the diamond anyway, but the diamond at Mansfield will only work well if Laps is on fire. And and he drags it forward. And then they, the, the, the quality players we've got behind him will do their bit. Take Lapsley out of the equation, we should abandon the diamond, in my opinion, in my opinion stick to 4-3-3. I also am not sure that Lapsley works well with Oates in that mm. format. So that's a bit unfair on both of them in that respect, but more so on Oates. And certainly I don't think the format we used yesterday when we were away from the 4-3-3 did Danny any favours. I mean, he's getting a lot of stick from some of the Facebook warriors at the moment. Um, unfairly, in my opinion, this early in the in the game. But he didn't get the sort of service that I'm sure he was used to getting at Leighton Orient. Yeah, who played in a very different um, style altogether. And there is a, a comment about Danny Johnson. Uh, Glyn says, Do, uh, does Danny Johnson start concern any of you? Seems to have no confidence. It doesn't concern me whatsoever. I think we've got a, a really good front man on our hands there. I think, you know, he, he's got goals in him. Um, but also you've got to remember that he's playing with a brand new team who are finding their feet in a brand new system. Um, he's in a brand new area, still settling in into that. Um, and, and all of those permutations to take in, just because he hasn't scored 10 goals in the opening four games of the league campaign doesn't make him a bad striker. You know, you look at Matt Green when he was first at the Stags, when he first arrived on loan from Oxford, it took him a good five or six games to, to get a goal. And then they, they started coming. Strikers feed on confidence. They feed on um, good passes into the box, good service to, to them. And we are very capable of that. And we we were doing that a few times yesterday. But for whatever reason, we just cu couldn't find our groove. And I think it goes back to the 4-2 the four, four, diamond versus the 4-3-3. Three, three. And I think if you were to get Johnson in a 4-3-3 three, three, with the right players upside, you know, alongside him... Um, you know, perhaps Jordan Bauer on the left-hand side of that. We saw how effective he was um, there last season. You know, George Lapsley firing all cylinders is an excellent player for this division, too good for this division. Um, one game doesn't make him a bad player. Reese Oates, there's more to come from him. Um, Hawkins as well. I think he'll find his feet and get the goals. But also yesterday, it, it, it's that thing of getting that mentality right because there was a golden opportunity, Nath, for uh, for Johnson and for Hawkins. Hawkins did really, really well to shrug off his man, get through. It was 1v1, but the goalkeeper's on rushing and it's difficult to, to get a shot away. He does the right thing for me in passing the ball across, overhits it, and then Johnson has to cut back inside. But rather than taking a shot there, Johnson perhaps needed to not have that goal-hungry head for a second and just lay it back across to Lapsley. But going back to the point, I think, you know, there's no concern for me about Johnson whatsoever because once he finds his feet, I think we will see a really good striker who will give us a good return of somewhere between, um, you know, anywhere 12 to 18 goals for this season, which I think is a good return. Yeah, I mean, just talk about that literally, that individual sort of scenario, situation there with that chance. Um, you, you spoke about the head of the show, sort of the split decisions. I think, like you say, that the, the decision from Haw Hawkins was, was correct. Unfortunately, the execution wasn't quite there, and that that that'll be why it's League Two. That's why it's League Two, and not still Ipswich or or in the Championship. So, 
you know, that's going to happen at our, our level, unfortunately. We've got to, got to accept that. Um, you know, we'll have to move on from that. Uh, but, but going back to sort of, um, you know, to, to, to Danny Johnson, I mean, you know, so far not been his massive fan, but it's four games in, you know, and uh, I think the, the difficulty with, with Johnson is you, you look back to last, last year with Jamie Reid and he, you know, took him along. Well, he never really got going. But he got the benefit of doubt a little bit because he's making a step up. Whereas Johnson isn't getting the benefit of doubt because he's already been at this level. Whereas I think we actually do need to give him a bit of a benefit of doubt for those reasons that you just said. You know, the fact that he has come into a new team and playing a new system and and, and so on. But the the difference is for me, I think him from from Jamie Reid and I make a comparison to a lot of other people have been as well. Is that I think he does have confidence in his own ability, and although he might not seem the most confident at the moment. I think he's still got that raw confidence there, and I think that will come. Uh, the more, uh, you know, the more the team performs a little bit better, and the more you know he he starts getting better chances in front of goal. So it will come, um, you know. But I think it's just going to take a bit of time. But then the question is, what can we do in the meantime to try and either get more out of him or to get more out of us going forward? You know, is that a change of shape? Is it a change of personnel? Is it? maybe giving him a rest and bringing him on as a sub, you know, that I think that, you know, those questions do need to be considered and, uh, you know, rather than just sticking him out there, you know, from the start, giving him another 90 minutes and just hoping something will happen. I think we need to do a little bit more to try and make that happen. Uh, Sue says, Glenn, I'm in agreement. Why aren't we taking the chances? Is it confidence? Um, and also Richard says, Johnson's movement is as good as we've had since Greenacre. He just needs a goal and it will come. I think it, it's the same with all of us at the minute, isn't it, Clive? It's the fact that, you know, we're only, we've got to take into perspective that we're only four games in. Um, and, you know, once those floodgates open, um, they will open it. Strikers, like everyone, thrive on confidence. I think the whole team thrives on confidence. Um, success breeds success, or, or so it's said. The um, the thing is that all of the players want to do well. There's not no question in my mind that every one of them wants to be a success at Mansfield. Every one, every one of them wants to see the team do well. Uh, and as soon as we start to slip a little bit, the pressure gets intense. And especially, you know, our fans are, are tolerant to a point, but get very aggressive after a while. Um, too soon in my book. But, I mean, an example of, of uh, how the players desperate to do well was when Tyree Sinclair came on. Um, he brought energy, which was missing. Um, and we know he's a talent. Um, we know he's good with free kicks. I don't think he's quite as good as he thinks he is. But what he, what, what he able, was able to do was to come and, and, and offer a slightly different dimension. But he was so desperate to, to, to make an impact when he came on that I think some, uh, some of his game suffered for, from it. I'd much rather see uh, Tyrese come on at the start of the game, and I think, and give him a real chance. Last season, he was playing four games, and he contributed well, both in terms of contribution to other players and goal scored. It's ran to clock for me because you mentioned Tyrese Sinclair, therefore you have lit the touch paper. I completely agree uh, that because he's got, he's a confidence player, and he's 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 an eager young lad. He's he's really eager to try and impress. So. Um, I think sometimes, like you say, I think sometimes he does think he's better than he is with with the free kicks. But when one of them, you know, does come off, it it will send you know shockwaves th- through. One thing he has got um, is a long throw, and I was having a meltdown about this after the game yesterday because can somebody please explain to me the logic of bringing uh, a player on who's got a long throw on seventy two minutes and then not using it until the ninety fourth. What is the point of that? We've got 
we had at the 94th minute, we had three players on the pitch. No, four players on the pitch that are maybe over six foot. You've got Hewitt, you've got Rawson, um, you've got um, Hawkins who'd stayed on and you brought Bowery on as well. Can, can you just Even, take Rawson out of that? Because <coughs> he's, he's no threat in the attacking box. You know, he might, he might no, be right no. in, in the defence, but he's no, no threat in the attacking box. For once, and no, for once, I'm going to defend <laughs> Farron Rawson because he's tall and uh, the tallness depends on my argument here, right? <laughs> if you've got... If you've got, let's take Barry out of the equation because he came on a little bit later. At least three players over six foot who can be, who can, that's the, that's the, the key word, can be dominant in the air. Every time you get a throw in line with their box or their or thereabouts and you've got somebody in your team capable of launching it in there and getting it to at least the penalty spot, use them every single time. Because I tell you what, they will not want to, A, they will not want to concede a throw, which means you'll have more opportunity to get across in the box and be more productive. But B, when they are facing a throw, every single time they see centre-halves coming forward, they know they're in for a battle. And it only takes one to drop to 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 cause a chance and to cause an opportunity. We saw it when we had Exodus Cahegan. We saw it with Cheltenham last season, who have, you know, who had Ben Tozza literally throwing them into League One and now throwing money at them courtesy of the movie stars, now at Wrexham, of course. And they'll use that to get out of the conference. If we've got it in our locker and Sinclair is capable of it, every time he's on the pitch and we get a throw in that position, get a long throw, even defensively, because when we were under, under the cosh, and you can't argue with this, I don't think, when we were under the cosh late on and we were trying to get that goal back, Clive, when we had a defensive throw in in our own half, he would launch it over the halfway line and we nearly created chances for it. If he's got a long throw and he's on the pitch, every time it goes out of play in those key areas, give him the bloody ball. Here endeth the rant. <laughs> we, uh, we don't disagree. I mean, if a, if a player's got a certain talent, it should be used. It should be exploited whether that be taking free kicks or corners or whether it be uh, um, throw-ins or whatever. Um, and, the, and the ladder's got a surprisingly long throw for, for someone without the you know physical stature of, of someone like Ben Tozer, who, by the way, I think has been recruited by the film stars because they think he's a quarterback. Um, <laughs> but we, uh, we, we don't always make the best use of our players. And I think if you're going to be critical of, of Clough, I think he, if, he knew, if he knows he can throw the ball in, why not, why not use him when we can? Um, I'm, I'm also not going to knock uh, Rawson. He is a presence, even if he's a clumsy presence when, when he goes into the box. Hey, it only um, takes a little knock. It only little, takes a little grace well, off it, his bold it, head, doesn't it, to go there's in? A, there's one or, We'd all be loving one, him then. There's one or two players have to worry about him when he's there. And that just perhaps creates something for someone I'll, else. I'll give you that. I mean, The reason why I said it is we were having a laugh about it um, with, with the people I sat around with. Um, Ian was calling him the threat as a tongue-in-cheek but did say superb in the air defensively but going forward he's literally there as a presence but he's, he never seems to get anything close to getting a goal apart from when he played us and I think there are only two goals in his career so just uh, jump but, and get just jump and get a flick on and but by except, do the rest he, he does give something for them to think about because there's someone else coming forward so I'll give I'll give you that little bit of a point but the point is if he's in there if he's in there in the season 10 times once It'll come off his arse and go in the goal. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to maybe rise that to 30 times and maybe once. All right, then. I'm not, maths isn't my strong, strong <laughs> yeah. suit well, here. Those, whether you're saying 20 or 30, that only depends on whether Tyree Sinclair is launching a long throw in. And that is my point. If we've got it, 
use it. You know what they say: if you've got it, flaunt it. So that's that's the point that I'm uh, that I'm getting at a little bit. Keep your comments um, coming in. Um, Sue says, uh, going back to defenders and, and being dominant at the back. Uh, Pierce managed his players; he'd let them know. Uh, Clark, I'm not so sure. Am I missing it? Uh, Mark says that he agrees with that. And Philip asks, how many Stags fans were at Swindon? No official figure uh, was given yesterday. But if you had to. Uh, has the guest live? What would you say yesterday? It seemed like a decent following from us again. Well, from where he was sit, which is fairly low down in the stand, I, I, I stabbed at 300 with a fan on Facebook today and he said, oh, no, no, we were further back. There's a lot more than 300 there. Well, I, I'll bow to his superior view, but we haven't we haven't got any official figures at the moment. But Everyone around me was saying 250 to 300. So, but Yeah, it probably it may, be, it may be on the upper side of three rather than the lower side of three. It was a good turnout considering the journey. Yeah, very, very much so. More on that uh, later on. First, though, uh, let's delve into the Stags dressing room and then and get post-match reaction. Here's Stags boss Nigel Clough speaking to I Follow Stags. I'm not sure how we haven't scored, uh, apart from poor finishing, poor decision-making in the final third again. But to create that many chances away from home at one of the top teams in the league and not come away with anything, it's quite incredible, really. Uh, we controlled the game for periods, certainly in the first 20 minutes. Had two good chances. Ollie Clark had two good chances. Ollie Hawkins had one on the head from a corner just for half time. So you come in nil nil and you think, well, we should be one nil up. Uh, and then second half, concede a softish goal. Good goal, probably from their point of view. Uh, and after that, we have. I think half a dozen opportunities to get a goal. Probably the best one just before they scored, actually, when Ollie Hawkins went clear and tried to square it to Danny Johnson. And it's a poor sort of, or whether it's a poor decision or not, it's poor execution. And it should be a tap in. And then Ollie Johnson, uh, Danny Johnson should lay it back for laps and doesn't. Uh, so it's just it's a, a combination of poor decisions and poor finishing. We're going to look back, uh, not quite sure where we were down the right hand side. Uh, but they created very little today. Uh, Nathan Bishop's not had too much to do. Uh, as I say, it was uh, it was at the other end where we lost the game. Yeah, well, we're halfway line, so we can't tell. But we had a couple of subs warming up. Uh, they thought it was in, and I thought you saw the reaction of our players thought it was in as well. But how it's not gone in, I don't know. Elliot Hewitt seems to be right there, and it's just going to hit him and go in. Uh, and you're just waiting for the referee to to give the goal. Uh, it must have been mightily close. Uh, but another little thing's gone against us. I think we've come and say played well, started the game brilliantly, controlled the game, created chances. We just need somebody to put one of them away. I think if we go one 0 up today, any time we win the game. When you lose uh, James Perch, certainly, uh, you know we've been stepping up our search in the last two weeks prior to to Perch's injury. Uh, so uh, we do hope to get a defender or two in before Tuesday. That's our hope. <laughs> that's a different thing isn't it uh, that's our hope uh, to, to try and get a, uh, a couple in uh, you know David Sharp's been working very hard on them the last week 10 days everybody has uh, to try and secure them but uh, there's not many out there at the moment uh, you know so uh, we're pursuing a, a couple in particular and try and get them over the line Nigel Clough speaking to I Follow State. You can watch that in full by heading to mansfieldtown.net forward slash I Follow, where you can see lots more content on there as well. Uh, Nigel Clough speaking about um, hope and expectation and reality in terms of signing uh, another defender. Won't spend too much time on it because we all know uh, that it's something uh, that we've got to do. But um, Nathan Edge, it's encouraging uh, to know that you know we are putting the work in behind the scenes and trying to get one over the line. Yeah, um, he, he actually, uh, I don't know if he was, was there at that point, Craig, before before the match, he went over and had a chat with uh, quite a few supporters and was talking about it then, but he, you know, he was saying it is it is very difficult at the moment. He said even teams in the championship, such as Derby, they're playing sort of 
sent defenders who are 36, 37, and you know, even they're struggling to 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 bring in in defenders. So it, it does seem to, it does seem to be quite a hard task at the moment. So I just need to hope that you know we we are able to do it. We all know what happened in January. Um, you know, that's last well, earlier this year where we didn't quite get our targets and it was left a bit late. And obviously now it's getting close to the transfer deadline. I, I'm not, does that always close at the same time as Premier League? So is it uh, 11 o'clock on the 31st or on Tuesday? Uh, not sure the, the time. Premier League ends, but obviously it's, it's close anyway. It's around the corner. So there's not long to, to get that business done. And, um, you know, I would say one, I think is, is massively important. Two would be great, but, I think we've got to get that one and, and, and make it, it's got to make it a good one. It's got to be that number five that's available, isn't it? It's got to be a proper, uh, like we've been saying for a few weeks, it's got to be a really reliable sort of statement signing that someone that's going to lead from that back line because I think that's what we're really missing. I think the, the key thing as well is, um, you know, to remember, even if we don't manage to get one before the deadline, we can still sign free agents. So it's not all lost. But if you're a free agent, you need to be really. If you, you know, if you've not been snapped up by now, there's there's something wrong. Um, so we'd have to be really, really cautious with that. My question would be, um, I don't know your thoughts on this, Clive. You know, are we going to try and get a young, younger one in on loan to bolster the numbers? Are we going to try and um, get a, an experienced one in? We definitely know we need the latter, the experience, but. Have we got the money to go and spend? And I, and I say this, uh, I know that, you know, uh, this is not a dig a, a, at all. I, I think it's more of a thing. If you look at what Wrexham are doing, they've, they've just paid, you know, in excess of 200000 for for Ben Tozza, which seems a bit ex- expensive at, at at their level. But he's exactly the type of defender that I'd have wanted to, to go for. It's nothing to do with a long throw. He's the experienced sort of centre-half that, you, that you'd want. So in order for us to go that... To, to get one, we need to go and spend a little bit bit of money. And I just hope that the, the resource is going to be there because for me, that could be the difference between top seven and mid-table obscurity because we know we, without that type of defender, the weakness is there. Have we got the money and are we willing to go and put the money on the table to buy that missing piece of the jigsaw? It's almost when you're like collecting something, you've got almost a collection and you'll pay that extra little pound, two pound here and there to ensure your collection is complete so your OCD doesn't go through the roof. He's referring to his uh, Monopoly stickers there from McDonald's. That's why he's I am. You're right. And I started yesterday. <laughs> to answer your question, um, I think the, the £200,000 that appears to have been paid as a transfer fee wouldn't have been an issue for, for Mansfield. Um, but I think behind that, you've got a huge bonanza signing on fee that we won't know Nobody will know anything about. Yeah. And he'll be on a minimum of 5K a week, which will destroy the wage structure at Field Mill. I mean, but having said that, we appear to have put 5K a week aside for our um, signing from uh, Portsmouth that never happened. So I think the money is there. Um, I just think Clough's right that the right candidate isn't there and available. Now, whether we've got the... Uh, whether we've got any real opportunities or whether it's just wishful thinking, I don't know. But going back to the earlier part of your conversation, do we go for somebody young and on the way up or someone seasoned? Well, the answer is both. We can get, if we can get an, um, you know, a well-proven senior player, have him. And if we can also get an up-and-coming youngster that will develop alongside, even better. But at this moment in time, I'll take either or. 
Yeah, me too. Um, any uh, any thoughts, do you think, going around uh, Mr Clough's head at the moment, Nath, about letting a certain Mr Sweeney go? Probably not. Um, you, you don't know. It's one of those, isn't it? It's, it's, sometimes you don't know what you've lost until it's, until it's gone, potentially. But um, I don't... I, I don't know. Um, I don't think he quite rated him. I think sometimes Clough, I think he knows what he wants, doesn't he? And I think it's it's the same with O'Keefe, the same argument there. Mm. Uh, same with uh, rolling uh, mayonnaise as well. And uh, thank you. Thank you. Um, Only yeah. just, it was very <laughs> out of you. I, I nearly hurt myself doing that. <laughs> no, I, I think, um, you know, I, I don't think it was certainly a char- characteristic thing with Sweeney. I think he was, he was there the right characteristics in his personality. I think it was more maybe down to his, let's say, you know, maybe his ability, et cetera. But I think with O'Keefe and many SA, that's, I think that's personality. And I think that's going to be the issue of trying to bring in the right player now. It's got to be the right player uh, at the right price and, and they've got to fit into the team. Because I do agree with what, what Clive said earlier. I think at the moment, it's not because it's a lack of effort or a lack of, togetherness with a team that that are letting us down I don't think that's an issue at all I think the players are are giving it all for the shirt and for the badge and for the for the management team and you don't want to you don't want to disrupt that so you've got to get that side of a, the recruitment right and we've got to remember back to what Clough said when he came into the club he said he, he spends money when he thinks it's value you know he's not going to throw it around so um you know and I still think that's happened now I do think we've got some money to spend we do know we've got you know, we, we saved money on Tom Naylor with him going to be a highest earner. He was open about that. So we do have money, but I think he's not willing to gamble it unless he knows that they're going to be the right fit for us. So, but let's just hope that, you know, they, they've got somebody on the radar. It sounds like they are. Um, and it sounds like it's just a matter of the club making a decision. But it's getting to that stage of season, isn't it? Where is it now? Is it not a decision on whether the price is right? Maybe they've already agreed that, but is that because they've got to get somebody else in first and you, and you're just waiting and it could go down to the final wire, which is always uh, exciting, but a bit scary at the same time. Uh, Philip says, what names are doing the rounds for the defenders? And that's the point. There aren't any. That's the, the yes. there's no <laughs> Usually you have a, a bit of a clue, don't you, you know, about who you, you, you're targeting. You know, the Tom Naylor thing at the start of the transfer window was going around for, for ages. Um, and it sort of did come to fruition, but no names are doing the rounds. So either they're keeping it extremely quiet or what Clough says is very true indeed that, you know, there is literally nobody out there. So maybe if you, you can play centre-half and you can win a tackle and you, you're not mates with anybody and you can put tackles in, take your boots down to the RH Academy tomorrow and you might get a game on Tuesday. It's funny how gossip works though, isn't it? I mean, last week, um, the Bristol mm. the Rovers player unceremoniously yeah. walked out of the club and everything, well, could this be it? Could this be the player? Mm. And there's some logic in thinking that. Within three hours, it was time for Ross County. So <laughs> are these minor Scottish clubs better at recruitment than we are? Or is there but another the, reason for it? The problem is with, with rumours is that you've even got Sky mm. Sports or the, the Burton game still linking Aikens with us. And that's not that's that's clearly not going to be happening. <laughs> so, uh, you know, rumours are rumours, aren't they? Sometimes it's, it's hard to know what's what's true from from literally just rumour but and then speculation. But like you say, it is a bit concerning that there's not any names at all uh, banded about. Shall we just put some, some random names out there? Let's just pick a few defenders, put some names out there and you never know. We might, we might send someone. Might, might trigger it. Yeah. Big X coming what? back for, for round four. <laughs> what about Ryan Toffazelli? <laughs> Appropriate, Nath? 
I don't, yeah, still I he, he definitely goes for that uh that that, that song i agree <laughs> he's at uh he, he's he's in a precarious position at the minute he's with league one wickham hoping to get signed for a championship club but also seemingly injured but also concentrating on trying to be a b-tech ben foster um by uh these YouTube videos, which I have to say are very, very good quality, actually. I say that tongue-in-cheek, tongue in the BTEC thing. His YouTube videos are a very good quality content and give you a real insight um, into what goes off behind the scenes. I only say the BTEC thing because he sort of, it came about about two weeks after. So it's like, oh, somebody else is doing it. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it a go. But uh, yeah, very much with Wickham. But you never know. It'd be great to see some vlogs um, um, in and around the RH Academy, but I highly doubt it. What about somebody suggested last week, and I thought it was valid, that big hulk of an ex-Lincoln player, all hair and six foot eight. Boswick. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> where, where is he now? Is he playing Parks football or what? Where is he? I've got no idea. But this is this is how rumours start. I've heard that actually he was shopping in Sainsbury's yesterday. And uh, Gary Crosby saw him um, in the deli section and had a quick word with him. But uh, problem is, Steve Evans was next to him. Just, just getting his uh, yeah, his stuff ready for China. That's that's the only issue. And talking to Steve Evans, did you see his number two got lamped yesterday? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was really training. funny. Yes, very interesting. <laughs> and, and at the same time, Mr. Yeah. Evans was making four or five steps backwards. He wasn't getting involved. <laughs> yeah. I didn't think for didn't think for a second he would if there was no uh, press conferences around and no one from China getting uh, getting in his face and then that was it. Um, let's turn our attentions elsewhere. We'll be uh, asking you to suggest your man of the match uh, later on in about fifteen minutes or so. Uh, but first, it's time for another, possibly another um, Craig rant because Nathan Edge on Tuesday night you mentioned it earlier on. Um, the Stags play their first of three group games in this season's Papa John's Trophy, the Pizza Cup, as it's affectionately known uh, this season. A trip to Harrogate awaits. Um, prime opportunity for players not getting minutes to show what they can do. But also, I'll say it again, it's a prime opportunity for Mansfield Town to kick on, get some good prize money, make some progression and win some bloody silverware. Well, you know, we could go and win a match. Is it is it 10 grand when you win a game or something? 10 grand to win, yeah. 10 grand a win. So, you know, win Tuesday night, that could be offered as a little signing on fee for a player. I'm sure that might, you know, turn the, turn the heads a little bit. You know, that key player. That only, if you buy, only if you go for a player from Shirebrook. <laughs> I mean, well, I mean, anybody, 10 grand, you know, you're not going to say no to it. A 10 you grand. Buy top a house of being offered, you can buy a house for 10 grand in Shirebrook. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm with you, Craig. I'm. Even though you know, I get the arguments about why it is irrelevant, and and, and it is in some sense like it's one of them where I don't really, I'm not gonna lose any sleep about being knocked out of the competition. But I do think whilst you are in it, use it to your advantage. You know, get some money in the you know in the bank, which is always a always a bonus, especially at our level, especially after COVID. You know, why why would you turn it down? What what harm is it doing to go out there and try and win a game? But I'm going to talk more about the actual on-field situation at the moment and on, on the back of a couple of defeats and the fact that, you know, there's, there's, there's criticisms of, of Ali Clark, George Lapsley, Danny Johnson, certain players, you know, Gordon, Hewitt, players not maybe hitting the their best. Like I said earlier, there's, there's there's a lot of players on that. We've got a strong bench and we've got players that aren't quite getting into onto, onto the bench in, well, as in Harry Charles, he has only just got back into the mix. So, this is an opportunity. This is a prime opportunity for them to go out on that game, get some 
on that pitch, get some game time, which is uh, obviously important still at the start of the season, but to put themselves in the mind of Nigel Clough for, you know, for, for Saturday. So, I th- again, I think it's perfect timing for when it's come around because of how we've played over the last couple of weeks. Um, I don't mean that in a massive negative way. I just mean it's an opportunity to give some players, uh, you know, like I say, that opportunity to go out there and play. So, um, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm fully looking forward to it now. I think it's the perfect timing for the game to come around. Yeah, it is. And it's prime opportunity, as you say, to see some of those players get some minutes, but and also put themselves in the mindset of Nigel Clough ahead of Saturday's uh, game at home, ironically, to uh, Harrogate. I think, um, you know, we're probably likely to see George Shelby, although, you know, Nathan Bishop's done very little, in fact, nothing at all wrong um, since since he came in. But he'll probably get rest and Shelby will get minutes. Um, I would imagine we'd see James Clark play at right back. Not a lot you can do with the centre-halves unless we sign somebody um, on Monday, um, we might see Ryan Burke uh, in at left back to give McLaughlin a bit of re- bit of rest. I think we'll definitely see Harry Charlesley. Really good opportunity for him um, to get some minutes and put himself in Clough's thoughts. Um, Keaton Ward, Jason Law as well, who've been uh, on the fringes, not really had a, a look in. Uh, Tyree Sinclair again um, will. P- presumably get a start. Uh, Jordan Bowery up top, will, I, I'd be very surprised if he didn't get a start. And then it will just be a case of who he puts alongside him. Will it be um, Nathan, Kane, the, Nathan, Nathan Kane, maybe? Obviously, we know that Josh Scott's gone out on loan to Baseford, so he won't be involved. Um, or, or will it be Johnson to try and get him a goal, get his confidence going? It's a big, big opportunity, not just for, um, you know, for, for players to stay Get in the mindset of of Nigel Cloughclyde, but also um, for them to tr- for the for the team to to bounce back and to sort of say, look, we're not going to make errors each week. We can play our good football. We can be strong, and um, you know we can perform. And also on the back of that as well, it's also a, a good opportunity for those players that have made a few mistakes in the last couple of games to say um, to stand up and be counted. Yeah, I don't actually agree with what you both said about the value of the tournament and financially. I mean, I, I think the the risks of players getting injured, players um, in in a tournament which effectively isn't that important, uh, outweighs the the ten grand a game. And quite honestly, if if we can if we damage our our um, league form as a result of playing a midweek game or three in the Papa Smurf Trophy. We, we, you know, the, the ascendancy of our gates will stop and we've been putting gate numbers up and, and quite rightly so. We've been playing good football and people have been de- denied football for a while and we've got a new management team since the last time people could come in the con. And, and a thousand extra fans at Field Mills worth more than £10,000. So I think um, financially, I don't think it makes any difference. Uh, I think the real value, and you've touched on it, is it'll give the management team and the fans the chance to see some of the players that are hovering around the edges and to see if there's anybody there that we can have the confidence in to take some of these spots where we have effectively weaknesses. But there's my point. I mean, I I do agree with you about the value um, versus gate receipts and potential gate receipts. But my point is, is on that. We have got, it's not about 11 players that we put out on a Saturday afternoon in League Two. It's about a squad all right, we've got this under-23s trophy, which I think is a fantastic thing to, to be in and will also give players the opportunity to go out and play and, and get extra game time and put themselves in the mindset, almost like a second Papa John's trophy. But we have got a squad. We have got a squad big enough and uh, and filled with quality enough to go out and at least press progress through the group stages. If we, I tell you now, if we 
do not press progress through the group stages, I will be very, very disappointed indeed because it will show me that actually we don't have a squad which has got a, a good enough depth and that we are relying on 11 players. This is not just an opportunity for... Um, uh, for, for players to get minutes it's an opportunity to show we are strong as a squad and confidence breeds confidence a win on Tuesday night is confidence going into Saturday there's the other point I don't think either manager of Mansfield or Harrogate is going to want to show their hand for the, the league effort next week um, so I think there's going to be a certain amount of obfuscation if that's the right word and I think um, you can ring your bell next time I say that one by the way uh, The <laughs> and I promise I won't the <laughs> I'm not even sure it was appropriate, so, but the, uh, <laughs> the the point I'm making is that uh, they're, they're, these these games will come along and they have value, but it's limited value. I'm looking forward to going and to, to watch the match and watch the, watch the players that we haven't seen so far having a, a, a real dig, um, and I'd like to see something come out at the other end. But I don't think it will reflect in any way, shape, or form the team that Clough puts out next Saturday. Oh no, and, not at all. But did you did you probably if you've seen the full Clough clip? You probably realise how, how unhappy he was with the Welsh FA because they had taken it on themselves to tell the world that uh, Ryan Sturk was suffering from COVID. Mm. And Clough was feeling that's not very good. It's letting our opposition know that I've got a player I can't use. So to a certain extent, when you go to play in the Papa Luigi Cup on uh, on Tuesday, you're going to give, a, if you're not careful, you're going to give too much away to the opposition for the Saturday. I don't. I mean, there is a slight risk of that, but um, I think, Nath, let's be honest, we should be winning it, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm in your corner with this one, Craig. Money, a trip to Wembley, a trophy to put in the empty trophy cabinet. We should be smashing this competition. There's no real threats for me. We can beat anyone in League let's, One. Let's pull the full strength 11 out. Why, why, why yeah, it? do it. Why not? Let's play the full strength 11s in the cup and then play the reserves in the league. Uh, <laughs> get Steck on the field. Hey, he might be playing. If, he can, if we carry on with Maybe this search, for a, if we carry on for this search as a centre back as we're doing, he'll be he'll be playing. Ah, that's hard. a point. He's a tall lad. Get him in the middle there. Hey, and you know if he's playing outfield, you know what else we can do? Put another body up front when we get a long throw. Yes, <laughs> not not use it. You'd actually think that Steck would be good at long throws, wouldn't you? Well, you never know. Get him on taking him. There you go. You'd think he'd be um, good at catching as well, but you know. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, good counter argument there, Nath. Uh, Royce says, <laughs> "I hope we beat Wednesday in the Papa John's." I've ha- I live half a mile from the ground, and I'll just get abused. So please beat him, of course. Uh, Sheffield Wednesday. Um, who else in our group? Is it Newcastle under twenty threes? I think is in our group and and Harrogate. So yeah. uh, two home games after this one in uh, late October, early November, I think. So uh, yeah, more on that and uh, to come over the course of the season. Time now, though, uh, to turn our attentions to um, the man of the match vote for yesterday and wrap uh, this up. Um, and whilst you have a little ba- think about who you want to put in for your man of the match vote um, as well, um, we'll, of course, go through the, the scores in Sky from Skybet League 2 um, yesterday. Get involved in the comments right now and let us know who you think should be uh, in your man of the match uh, for yesterday. We know it's going to be a difficult choice. It will obviously be tough because, you know, we lost a game and there's a few players that didn't have great games, but somebody has to get a coveted tweet from Mr. Nathan Edge. So without further ado, let's delve into yesterday's um, full-time scores and roundup of League Two whilst you start thinking who could get a coveted tweet from Mr. Edge. It's time for the League Two roundup.
So Mansfield Town were of course beaten by a goal to nil at Swindon. A result which drops them into 7th place with 5 games played, 2 wins, 1 draw and 2 defeats. Elsewhere in League 2 yesterday, it finished Barrow 1, Bristol Rovers 1, Crawley 0, Northampton 0. Port Vale off the mark, winning 2-0 away at Forest Green Rovers. Harrogate, who we play on Tuesday and on Saturday, drew one all with Exeter. Hartlepool were 2-1 winners over Carlisle. Leighton Orient beat Bradford by two goals to nil. Salford, 3-0 winners over Newport. It finished Scunthorpe 1, Tranmere 0. Sutton 1, Oldham 2. And Warsaw 1, Stevenage 0. In terms of the Skybet League 2 table then, nobody has got 5 out of 5. Forest Green... Four wins and a defeat sees them at the top of the table on 12 points. Harrogate in second. Three wins and a draw from their four games so far. Bradford in third. Swindon, Hartlepool, Leighton Orient and ourselves make up the playoffs with Northampton just behind. At the other end of the table, Sutton prop up the division with two draws and two defeats. Whilst Oldham sit in 23rd with one win and four defeats in Skybet League 2 this season. But who was your man of the match yesterday? Let us know in the comments who you think should get the tweet from Nathan Edge as the Stags lose by a goal to nil away at Swindon. Of course, we know that uh, finding a contender for Man of the Match, Nathan, is going to be hard indeed. But, um, you know, I'm sure there'll be a few players on the radar. How many is on your radar for yesterday's game? What are you saying? Uh, just just the two for me. Um, there's, I mean, the second one may be more of a special mention, I suppose. So I'll start with him. Uh, they're now teammate of Cristiano Ronaldo, actually, um, technically. But um, Nathan Bishop, I mean, he didn't have a great deal to do yesterday. But like you said earlier, you know, he's not really done anything wrong so far. And it's kind of hard done by to not really have a clean sheet to put next to his name. But um, that save he did make before, it's been, what, five minutes before they did did end up scoring. Um, that, for me, was a save that does, you know, he deserved to be on the on at least the, you know, well, on the winning team or at least a a drawing team, you know, so I felt felt for him. It was a you know, terrific save and um, he's done a couple of those so far this season. I think he's a competent, really good goalkeeper. But my there's only one real man of the match for me and that's that's Stephen Quinn. I just think, again, if, if, like he does most games, he just looks sort of head and, head and shoulders above most players on the, on the, on the pitch. And uh, we made the compa- comparison in the, you know, when talking through the match, everyone's looking at Wes Houlihan <clears throat> Last year at Cambridge, being that experienced player in you know ex Premier League team player in the in League Two to tearing the league apart, well, I think you know Quinn. I don't think Quinn's far behind him, or even I think he's necessarily. I think he's on par with him at least. So um, you know, I thought he had a good game. Um, so he's my vote for the man. Clive, how many are you uh, nominating? Well, I've got a clear winner, but I've got three mentions as well. Um, also, Nathan Bishop. I think he did nothing wrong. Um, he's not done much wrong at all this season and he, he's proved he can save shots um, and I'd be disappointed if I was him not to have got at least one clean sheet so far but he, it'll come um, but not enough to give him man of the match 
I thought George Maris worked hard, um, made a couple of mistakes, but he, he, um, he was always in there. Second half, his intercepts weren't as good as they were in the first, but I thought he played well. And Cal Gordon did some good stuff. Um, but my man of the match is Quinn. Yeah, and he, uh, if only because I've got it written on my pad already. I, I think I think that's probably the reason why you wrote it on your notepad, is it not? To, uh, oh, to remind you later on. There you go, psychic. Um, I've got a, a couple. Um, I've got two honourable mentions and uh, one winner. Uh, honourable mention um, is going to go to to Stephen McLaughlin. I thought he did relatively well down that um, that left hand side, linked up with uh, with Quinn again. Didn't really do anything wrong. A lot of the, the problems certainly came from the right hand side. Um, and as game by game, I feel almost saying it, but he's improving it left back and certainly proving my initial doubts wrong that we'd miss, uh, miss Samal. Um, so an honourable mention to him. Second honourable mention is going to go to the, the man you voted for um, in, in Stephen Quinn. I thought he played well, um, took the captain's arm man when Ollie Clark went off and, you know, he's the sort of captain you, you want, an experienced pro who can be a little bit more vocal and try and drive things. Uh, but my man of the match vote is going to go to Nathan Bishop, who um, has also been given honourable mentions. I I think, um, like it's been said, um, he's been very, very unlucky not to have a clean sheet so far. He's made a couple of good saves. He made, he certainly made a, a tremendous save, I think, in the, in the second half uh, to keep things at, at bay and to keep us in the game. But um, uh, for me, I think, you know, he, he's showing that he's a good, competent goalkeeper, got a very good school in and is very, very vocal indeed. And I think if he had a little bit more nous in front of him, a little bit more experience, those clean sheets would, would certainly follow and he'll be worth his weight in gold come the end of the season. So my vote is going to go uh, for him. Uh, a little look in the uh, in the comments. Um, Sue has gone for Bishop. Uh, Richard has gone for Quinn. Um, which means the overall votes it is in favour of Stephen Quinn. So he gets um, the uh, coveted tweet from you, Mr. Edge. Um, uh, and uh, Nathan Bishop is given an honourable mention um, for today's game. So uh, a massive well done um, to him. Um, Craig, can I just interrupt you? Um, I just want to make one comment. Um, Sue, I was only joking about Shirebrook. <laughs> I meant to say, I say you're in trouble, Clive. Yeah, you're in trouble. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't yeah. <laughs> I was, I was I've, got, I've got family in Shirebrook, and I used to play for Shirebrook, so I've got an affection for the place. There you go. So yes, uh, we will reprimand Clive. We'll give him a we'll give him a warning. Yeah, um, somebody asked, I missed a comment earlier on. By the way, somebody asked. Um, I think it was uh, Roy. Uh, Nothing to do with the game yesterday, but do you know why the fourth official always rolls the ball back in play when it's gone out of the uh, ground instead of kicking it in? Um, I don't, but um, I also think that, uh, you know what they say, if you can't play, be a ref. <laughs> I think it actually is the rule. I think they have to roll it in. Like I, think, I don't think the refs are supposed to kick it either. Um, so I, I think there is some sort of rule behind probably. it. I think it probably is to save them the embarrassment of tripping over when they do it. Yeah, that is that is probably true. Uh, final port of call then for today's show. Um, it is the Sunday sermon, and we always need to take lessons from games. Um, I know what mine is. I think you can probably guess what mine will be. I'll save it for the outro. Uh, Clive, I'll come to you first. What's your lesson going to be um, following uh, yesterday's one nil uh, defeat away at Swindon? Let's score some flipping goals. <laughs> I think it's a fair one. It's definitely a fair one. <laughs> Definitely a fair one, uh, Nathan. What are you going to say? What are you going to say uh, for yours? Make it long, um, yeah. so I'm writing these down. 
I was I was gonna go with uh with, with similar to Clive, but to to mix it up a little bit, I'm gonna say let's uh let's not be afraid to maybe have a go with a four three three. You know, maybe you know for the for the four match, let's stick with it. Let's let's give it more of a chance. So I'll say the lesson is um, if the diamond's not working, change to something else. There you go. Wise words uh, from Mr. Nathan Edge and from Mr. Clive Parkin. My thanks uh, to the two of them. They will be back with us and they will be back with us on uh, Wednesday night uh, as we uh, uh, bring that one on Wednesday evening this week's podcast. 24 hours ish after that uh, trip to Harrogate where the Stags should be winning the game um, and getting 10 grand in the pots and uh, progressing one step closer to the Wembley dream. More on that, I'm sure, throughout the season. For now, though, that is it. Thanks very much for joining us on today's Sunday Sermon. The Stags lose by a goal to nil at Swindon. The lessons to take away. Don't be afraid of the 4-3-3. If the diamond's not working, give it a try. Also, up front, let's score some flipping goals. They are important. I'm sure you can uh, know by now what my lesson's going to be. If you've got a player in your squad who's got a long throw and you've got three players over six foot, let's use the long throw more. You have a lesson? A simple one. There's a transfer window open. There's cash in the bank. There's deals to be made. Let's go and do it. And as a collective, let's remember perspective. Five games in, two wins, one draw and two defeats. It's still very, very early days. There's a lot, lot more to come from Mansfield Town. And we look forward to following the journey. Next up is a trip to Harrogate Town in the Papa John's Trophy, the first of three group games before on Saturday, back to the one call to play Harrogate again, this time in Skybet League 2. Whatever the game, whatever the occasion, whatever the competition, whatever the situation, let's back the boys to get some points on board. This is the Sunday Sermon, the show for the fans and by the fans. Why? Because Mansfield always matters. We'll see you again on Wednesday at 7pm-ish. For more Mansfield Matters content, visit ntfcmatters.co.uk. I've been Craig Priest alongside me. Clive Parkin and Nathan Edge. Until next time, goodbye. expressed in this broadcast are solely those of the individual. For more, visit mcfcmatters.co.uk. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around, to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, 
we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.